Hello everyone and thank you for listening. My name is Justin Ugis, completing a PhD at the University of Melbourne. This is the 8th episode in my series on urban climatology. Here we will introduce human thermal comfort. So what is human thermal comfort? It's actually very common. We go outside and it doesn't feel like the temperature on the weather forecast. It may be very windy and it feels colder than the forecast. Or the sun may be quite strong and it feels quite a bit warmer than the forecast. This is because human thermal comfort, or how hot or cold a person feels, involves more than just the air temperature. Unfortunately, it becomes complicated, but is also very important to understand because it forms the explanation for human heat stress. Before we get to this, we must delve into the factors that govern human thermal comfort. Weather-induced factors include air temperature, of course, but also wind speed, relative humidity, and solar radiation. Then there is also another measure of temperature, called mean radiant temperature. This is the sum of all long-wave and short-wave radiation components falling onto the human body. The best way to think about this is going out on a warm, sunny day and feeling the sun's heat on your skin, even if the air temperature may be somewhat cool. This is what is meant by mean radiant temperature. Physical factors include how many layers of clothing you are wearing. Are you sitting still, walking or running? This relates to your metabolism. Also, are you of average weight or perhaps a little bit overweight? Are you generally quite fit or are you lacking some exercise? Embedded in this is also something called an acclimatization factor. For example, let's imagine the air temperature for the day is 20 degrees Celsius. Now, if we are coming out of winter and it is the first 20 degrees Celsius day of the spring, then this 20 degrees Celsius will feel quite warm. However, if it is midsummer and we have just experienced a heat wave with air temperatures of 40 degrees Celsius and then a summer cool change comes through dropping the air temperature to 20 degrees Celsius, then this 20 degrees Celsius will feel quite cool. This is what is meant by an acclimatization factor. Then there are geographic factors. Now, because I'm Australian, I'm from Australia, I'll take Australian cities as an example. However, think about cities in your own country. So taking Australian cities as an example, someone from Adelaide or Perth in southern Australia will have a higher heat tolerance than someone from Melbourne, Canberra or Hobart that have cooler climates. People in Darwin in the far north near the tropics will have the highest tolerance of heat. There are many factors here, and each of them have scales of effect. Do you have one layer, or two layers, or even more layers of clothing? It becomes quite easy to become overwhelmed by all of these factors. So, while it is far from perfect, there are several different methods of calculating human thermal comfort. Perhaps because it's so imperfect or such a young field, that's why there are several different methods, because we're still trying to work out which one is the best one. They range, though, from quite simple to quite sophisticated. Each have their advantages and drawbacks. The simplest of these methods may be the easiest to use, but are also the least accurate. 
the most sophisticated may take most factors into account and give quite an accurate answer, but may be so complicated that it is not widely used. A further complication is heat stress also depends on the individual in question. One person may have a higher heat tolerance than another person. Another difficulty is that some people with certain medical conditions have further different levels of heat tolerance. As a result of all of these factors, there are many ways of calculating human heat tolerance or stress. This is reflective of the fact that the science of human heat stress is still in its infancy. However, I am confident that as we move forward, the science of human heat stress and human thermal comfort will gradually become better or gradually become more accurate and that there will be better forecasts for human thermal comfort. But just for now, think of where you are now. Think about what we have talked about in this podcast. Maybe it's sunny or maybe it's cloudy, but let's imagine that it's a sunny day. And let's imagine that it's winter. The winter forecast was for it to be quite cool. Let's say that 12 degrees Celsius. And for this section, I'll use degrees Celsius. There's no wind and the sun is out. When you're in the sun, does it actually feel like 12 degrees? Does it feel a little warmer when you are out in the sun? But when you're under a tree, it really feels a lot colder, doesn't it? The other possibility is that it's very windy and that 12 degrees actually feels more like 5 degrees. That's because the wind is blowing against you and essentially is pulling heat away from you, making your body feel cold, or more to the point, making your skin temperature feel cold. Another example is, imagine that it's the summer. Let's imagine that there are two days have the same air temperature, 30 degrees Celsius. One day is completely sunny. There's no wind. Even though it's 30 degrees, it actually feels hotter than that, especially in the sun. But then that 30 degree day, when it's completely cloudy, actually feels a lot cooler. That's due to mean radiant temperature, and that's the actual temperature that we feel on the skin. This is what human thermal comfort is about. How comfortable we feel, how we actually feel, as opposed to what the weather report says. Remember, the weather report is right, but it may feel a little bit different to us depending on if there's full sun on a warm day that's got no wind, or if it's in the middle of winter, whether the sun is out or not, but there's a cold wind blowing. So regardless of what the weather report says, we might feel completely different or even just a little bit different. A further example is you're in the southern hemisphere and it's winter but then you go into the northern hemisphere in the summer. Or you go to the northern hemisphere, where maybe it's a mild to warm day, say in the mid-twenties. The locals there, that are already there, say it is a comfortable day, but then you go there, and all of a sudden you actually feel very hot. This is because you have not yet acclimatised to the conditions. This is another important concept. Then go the other way around. Perhaps you are in the southern hemisphere summer. It is 30 degrees Celsius, and you feel quite comfortable there. But then you go to the northern hemisphere, maybe somewhere that is about 10 to 15 degrees, and the local residents might even think that it's quite warm for winter. However, you find it's actually really cold. Again, it's because you haven't acclimatised to the conditions. Even further, if you are from a place that doesn't have cold winters, 
perhaps a Mediterranean climate, and you travel to a different hemisphere, usually it's the northern hemisphere in these circumstances, to a place that has snowy winters. In this case, you'll be acutely uncomfortable with it, even more not used to it, because you might never have experienced such conditions. This may take extra acclimatization for you. It's possible that this process may take a long time, or you might even struggle to acclimatize, and may need extra thick clothing or several layers for some time. Finally, you might be from a location that has cold winters and mild to warm summers, such as a cool temperate tundra, or even a subarctic climate with quite cool summers. You then go to a location in the summer with the warm temperate or Mediterranean climate or even a desert climate in extreme cases that have very hot summers. This can also be a dangerous situation for you because you will struggle with the heat. In fact, it may give you heat stroke and could even prove fatal to you in the most extreme cases. But even in less extreme cases, you may well struggle with the heat. While such a situation may not be fatal, you may still get heat stroke or get ill. You should remember to remain well hydrated and have access to shade and cooler conditions. And really remember, be careful in these situations. There is one more thing I have to say. I am an Australian, and in Australia we frequently get temperatures around 30 to 35 degrees, even in the spring. But then because some people who share a cultural affiliation with the United Kingdom, we often hear there in the middle of summer that they've got a heat wave and it's 30 or 35 degrees. In Australia we think, oh gosh, there it's only 30 to 35 degrees. We get that in the spring and they think it's a heat wave. And then a British person might think of Australia at 40 degrees with bushfires. They then ask themselves, why would we want to live there? But then Australians are used to temperatures of 40 degrees, and we're used to bushfires. So, this is how different people acclimatise to different parts of the world. A British person might not be able to handle the heat in Dubai, but then someone from Dubai might be quite comfortable there, but might struggle in Alaska. So... That will do for today. We won't talk about human thermal comfort again in this series, but it is worthy, very worthy, of further discussion later on in separate podcasts. This is Justin Ugis. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next podcast.